I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest fangirl radio episode i am your host jessica dwyer and with me as always my two lovely and talented co-hosts with the mostest mr eric smith hello and mr ryan stacy hi (laughs) (laughs) and we're very excited and very flamboyant this episode because why are yes, we flamboyant excited? Yeah. Tell me, Ryan. Tell me. Well, because we have with us tonight in our interview segment, we're talking to Alaska 5000 from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 5, where she was top three. And she's yeah. now top four currently on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 2, where tonight we find out if she wins... And God help if she doesn't win, I think, right? I, I, I think that right. the television will not be able to con- deal with whatever right. would happen. <laughs> I, I, can't even, I can't even guess what would happen. If, if she doesn't win, I don't know what will happen. <laughs> she might pay a detox $10,000 to knock some people off. Maybe like, I, I, you know what I see in my head, though, is something right out of Carrie. I see her. I see Alaska getting like telekinetic powers, and there being lots of pig blood and screaming and hair being ripped out. I that that's what I see in my head. Right. I don't think it's far. I don't know. I mean, okay. So just real quick, while we're on the topic, there is a <laughs> lot of um, controversy in the fandom world over Drag Race right now because we have seen the reemergence of the uh, girl group, kind of, that was on season five when Alaska was competing. And that's for Alaska Talks. And that's comprised of Alaska, Roxy Andrews, and Detox. And they're back. And once again, it's um, Alaska Talks and (laughs) the Kitschy Queen. And, you know, this time it's Katya. And Katya could, you know, take the crown from them. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting finale. And I'm definitely, you got, I blame you and I blame Rachel, ex fangirl host Rachel, for uh-huh. dragging me into the world of drag, as you will, as, you know, pun intended. You've dragged me into right. drag. And well, I feel like it's a great place for you, Jessica. <laughs> I don't know why you're just now getting into the world of drag. You're a There's... drag queen yourself. I well, I, my dream is actually to be made over by a drag queen. Like I, I want, I want the full-on contour because my head's so round and large that God knows I need it. But, got great cheeks, but girl, we'll carve you out for the gods, y'all. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> so I can't, you guys, yes, you, you must stick around for our interview with Alaska and I can't do justice to, to just how, yes, it, it was. It totally. Yeah. She yeah. was, that was, we've, I mean, I've had the pleasure of sitting in now with, on a few chats with you and I listen all the time and she was just, I, I had so much fun talking with Alaska. I, I, it was it was hilarious and fun yeah. and and it was exactly what we wanted and we got a couple call outs from Alaska for some super Alaska fans that we both know and it was really fun. Yes, that was really sweet of her to do because I didn't want to be tacky, you know. <laughs> oh, be tacky, be tacky, you bitch, be tacky, be as tacky as you want because you will be anyway. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I someday we're going to have Cassandra Peterson on this show and Ryan is going to have a stroke. You will literally hear me have an aneurysm. Yeah, there will be there will be like radio. this high pitched squeak, and I'll be like, "Oh, that was Ryan's brain, exactly. <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone." You'll just hear me go. My brain will just pop. <laughs> you know that? Have you ever seen that movie Scanners? Yeah, remember Scanners? Remember Scanners? That's it. Scanners. <laughs> goddamn member berries they won't leave me alone all right guys so we have um a weekend geek to get through before we get to alaska and um i want to start off um apparently everybody and their brother has something to say about lucifer and i i wrote a an op-ed that i posted last night on fangirlmag.com about my thoughts on this season and i am curious to find out what eric and possibly ryan i don't know if ryan watched it but i know eric brought it up um what he thinks about this season as well um because we're on episode three and i've had a big old return in my brain to another dc centric show that they've done something they did something very similar to that died in the second season and that was oh human target it still hurts um, but they added two new female characters and decided to change up something that didn't need to be changed. And now we're doing something really similar with Lucifer. So what do you guys think? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm already tired of the mom. Yes. I just, I no, no, no I still mind. love, I still love Lucifer mm -hmm. and the detective and uh maze of course i love maze um but yeah it's i'm just tired of her already and it's only been three Nothing against trisha helfer no and, and that's the irony it was like i brought up in my in my um op-ed she was on the first episode of human target and uh I, it's nothing against trisha helfer it's that it why did they need to mess with this why do we need to add additional characters? And if you're adding additional characters, two girls, nothing against women. I'm not against women. Let me make that clear. But when they, what they're doing is they're adding two additional female characters to a show that did not need them. They already had really powerful, really great female leads in this show. And now they've added additional ones, one of which seems to just be the mom is there just for TNA. And to dance around and look, you know, be be funny and slightly sinister at the end of every episode now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you have a great, you know, a, what could possibly be a really great character with the morgue tech, um, you know, the, the crime scene girl 
who is up, you know, she has, she's of Christian faith. They could have some amazing bits with her. And what are they doing? They're just wasting her. In three episodes, we've had one instance where she was really interesting. It was the first episode. And then they've kind of made her some sort of weird comic relief in the background instead of utilizing her as a neat character that could have really good, deep, meaningful conversations with Lucifer. Well, that's, I, first of all, I think uh, she's played by Amy Garcia, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and she hasn't been on the show enough for me to decide how I feel about her character. So I don't have, I guess I'm leaning more towards the positive because I do like some of the things she has to say and a, the little bit that she's added. But she's not on it enough to right. register that much as opposed to the, the mother character who just, yeah, like you said, she's just uh, either being goofy or sexy or sinister. Right. And she's, personally, I don't think she's brought anything to the show so far. She she really hasn't, and I know it's only three episodes in, but I am having all of these flashbacks because this season seems to not really have any focus. There's, you know, the mom character is just an annoyance. There's nothing, she's not bringing anything interesting. I would rather see more of Amenadiel having to, you know, whatever is going on with him. Like he's, because he's laying with the demon, now he's, he's, molting. he's molting, he's infected, he's losing his powers. Uh, that's interesting to me. But that's Maze and Amenadiel. That's two characters from the first season. That's nothing to do with any of this other crap. Um, you know, I, I love the care, you know, I love the psychologist character with her and Maze and interact her, those two interacting, you know, she's barely been in it. Yeah. Because, it was like Rachel Harris. Yeah. She's fantastic, but they keep focusing on the mom and I really don't give a rat's crap about her now. <laughs> There's nothing interesting with her. This whole, you know, give me something but she's not interesting. It's, it's, it's annoying more than anything else. And it's kind of affecting the Lucifer character. Uh, it, it's just like, you're making him more of a buffoon. I like him when he's, you know, I, I, the only thing like the last episode, the one time that I was like, woo, yay, was when his eyes lit up again. And it's yeah. like, oh, I loved that shot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then you have, <laughs> you have the two cops. The exits. I, I don't, and I, I don't care. You know, just, they reset them. Yeah. But basically, their relationship now is basically exactly where it was at the beginning of the first season. Yeah, exactly. And and the little girl, I I love her. I loved it when she was interacting with Lucifer because there was some twisted and cuteness to it, and she's barely in it too. So right. it's it's like okay, well, this show is just it's having that second season slump and Fox. You know, a lot. I was having a discussion online about this. The the ratings for Lucifer literally have been cut in half from the first episode, and they've held steady at this three three and a half rating. But I I got to tell you, I'm forcing. I, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, oh, I have to watch it. But it's like, uh, if this is the way this whole season's going to be, they're not going to get a third. Ryan, have you no. seen it? 
No, I have not. But I wanted to make a comment because this is the same problem that's happening with one of my shows. And I was just reading an article similar to the discussion that you're having about Lucifer. And that's with my show Scream Queens, you know, with my girlfriend, Emma Roberts. And (laughs) (laughs) they're having the same problem. Like the show is just not holding and delivering as well this season. For some reason, the ratings are dropping and are only a fraction of what they were first season. And And I'm really sad. I'm really sad. I hate when shows that happens to shows. When I mean, it, like Ryan Murphy, he had um, a show on the WB. It was his first big show, and it was called Popular, and it mm-hmm. was a success the first season. Did okay the second season, and then it just vanished. It was gone. It was canceled and blasted into one, television. Was that the one with Leslie Bibb? Yes. Okay. Wow, ten points to Gryffindor. I was. I'm really shocked. <laughs> <laughs> 10 points to Gryffindor no that's that, that's the thing is and Fox is notorious for it they don't wait when it comes to shows like this I'm I'm actually amazed that we got a second season of Lucifer in the first place and I'm just I'm seeing it I'm flashing back because another car you know i always say human you know human target was a horrible example of messing with a show that had a great gimmick and it had you know they went so far as to take bear mccready who is everybody loves his music everything he does tv theme wise is just freaking fantastic i think he did outlander you know we did walking dead he he makes these beautiful theme music um for series his his theme music was used at the beginning for uh, the first season of Human Target. They t- changed it to some weird like t- uh, techno thing for the second season. Why would you do that? Why? Because, and, and I've learned this, and you'll be surprised. Score is one of the most expensive parts of any film or television production. But they've already built, they already have the theme music. You don't, you've already paid for it. Why would you? Plus there's rights. I, uh, no, no, they, what they did was they tweaked the entire show. They added the two characters that were unnecessary, that messed with the dynamic and shoehorn the men because they wanted to sex it up because the show didn't have enough female characters in it for people and it wasn't about that you know it was about these three core guys doing their thing and what's even stranger here with lucifer is they did it here when they already had two really strong female characters and they put these other ones in there now for some goofy reason one of them you know why they put her in there and the other one is kind of like, oh, I have, this is, oh, well, she's comic relief. So you're going to lose people. Like already you hear it in Eric and I's voice. We really are tired of this rehash. So I'm sad about that. I was surprised how much I love this show. I had no well, hopes maybe, for it. Well, maybe <laughs> if they're rehashing this so much. Could it be possible that it's better to just cancel the series? If it's going to keep going this way where they're, you know, the one thing I loved about, I, I really enjoyed about Lucifer too, was you had those moments of like him singing at the keyboard. You know, Eric even mentioned that, that it's just mm-hmm. really cool. But what happens is you're trying to, 
and this sounds like I know what I'm talking about, and I'm talking out of my ass, but what to me it is, you have a second season, you've already established a really cool first season, they've already cut the number of episodes on this to 10. They don't have a 13 season. I've only seen 10 listed for this season, um, which means they already are sort of like, yeah, let's see what's going to happen. Um, you've, you've established characters, and instead of building upon these really, you know, these characters that you've just been introduced to, they're ramming two new ones in there that are going to take away from what you could be doing with these other characters that are supposed to be your leads. And you're missing an opportunity to build more of a, of a character base for these guys and more of a story for them. I would love to see flashbacks to Lucifer's fall. I would love to see more of the heaven and hell stuff, but instead we're getting mum. You know, we're not getting heaven and hell. We're getting TNA mom. And, and I think that's a waste a waste of a good opportunity for this show and how many times in in tv shows and movies have we seen the non-human character trying to fit yeah i'm doing air quotes i don't know why because no one can see me <laughs> i we, hear them <laughs> in in movies and tv shows we've so many times we've had the non-human character trying to fit into the human world so even that aspect of it isn't new we've seen it so many times yeah i i it's just, yeah, it's old hat, and they could be focusing on, you know, this show is really unique in that you've got the devil as a sympathetic character, It could, and, and it had enough problems getting established, you know, people were, like, pissed off about it, and they're just throwing it away now, I don't, and I don't know why, it just feels like, and, and I know it's only the third episode of the second, so what are you doing? But I can feel it, you know, I feel it. And I, it's obviously not just me, if Eric's seeing it too and other people are seeing it too. So, eh. well, well, how about, since we're talking about sophomore seasons, we move on to something a little more positive, if you don't mind. Are you going to talk about Supergirl? I am. Yay! Talk about um, <laughs> okay, now anybody who listens to this show at all last year knows I did not like Supergirl. Eric uh, hated it, mocked it with every fiber. I, I, as, <laughs> much as, I, as much as I liked the cast, I thought the writing was horrible. The stories were horrible. Um, but it moved to a new network. It's the sophomore season. Uh, you know, I wanted to see if people, if they learned from any problems they had with the first season. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the first episode of season two. If they keep going in this vein, then I think I will really like the entire season. Um, and we have some new characters. Who was in this episode? Who was in this episode? <laughs> well, there's a character. We don't know who this character is yet because he just crash landed to Earth in a Kryptonian pod. But he's unconscious. Oh. Or are you talking about the other character? The other Kryptonian one... that landed on the planet? In a... <laughs> yeah, the one with the great butt. <laughs> Lena Luther? No, the other one. The new potential villain? Lex Luthor's sister? Is that who you're talking about? No. No, the one with the, the great one. butt. The one with the great butt. I said <laughs> Lena Luther. <laughs> no! Okay, of course, we're talking about Clark Kent. Yeah. Uh, and 
um, who to me still looks like Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my but God. <laughs> I, I liked him. I'm not a fan of the bumbling, klutzy Clark Kent portrayal. Never have been. But he doesn't overdo that. He plays Superman very well. And I absolutely love the chemistry between Supergirl and Superman. They Ew, they're cousins. So <laughs> not that kind of chemistry. Jesus, this isn't Game of, uh, game of yeah. uh, Krypton. <laughs> yeah. But they, they work so well together. Um Callista Flockhart is still, I love her as Cat Grant. Uh, as I said, we are introduced to uh, Lena, I think it's Lena Luther, Lex's sister, and we find out Lex is in jail on a 30-year sentence. Uh, and they're paying homage to the Christopher Reeves films. Uh, someone asked Superman about the time that Lex Luthor tried to um, use earthquakes to devastate California. Aww. And my favorite part of the whole episode, Cat Grant has a new personal assistant, and when she calls her into the office, she shouts, Miss Tessmacher? Oh! So that was fantastic. Um, oh, God. Now I gotta watch it. <laughs> there's, there's tension between Superman and Martian Manhunter over some things that we learn about. Um... Overall, really, this was, I think this was much better than any of the episodes in the first season. Not that I remember all of them that well, but it really, I'm really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I tried to block some of them out. Um, I was really impressed with this first episode, and I'm hoping that continues, because I don't want to dislike anything. Um, so I have high hopes. It was really good. So disappointment with Lucifer in its second season. Season, maybe every show needs uh, to change networks. Could every be. season, just flip Can you them imagine around. a Lucifer on <laughs> HBO? Oh. oh, that would be insane. Uh, wait, I That'd need a moment. So I need a moment. <laughs> Jessica Dunn flooded the basement. <laughs> oh, God. So that's my oh. sophomore season report for Supergirl. Awesome. Is the theme of this episode, sophomore season? Well, no, because I wanted to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not screwing up anything and doing it all right. Um, the uh, ne- the latest episode was called Uprising, and we um, finally have S.H.I.E.L.D. working out in the open. It is no longer hidden in the shadows. Mm-hmm. They, they announced that S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. And um, we discover that there is a group called the Watchdogs who are in hunting down the Inhumans and, tr- and killing them off. Like there are 17 Inhumans killed. Um, we also find out, I, I should have realized this. I should have realized what was going to happen to his character on Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but uh, the, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, the son from Fear the Walking Dead that uh, died, they actually killed the kid, Chris. They killed off Chris. Um, he is actually the brother of Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, he gets... He's in a sta- wheelchair, right? Or something? Yeah. yeah, and he's got much shorter hair than he had in, in um, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. But uh, so this episode ends with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out of the shadows. Daisy leaves uh, Ghost Rider and, um, and his, his brother, who basically tells her, if you don't leave my brother alone, um, I'm going to report you because I know who you are. 
he knows her as Quake. Um, and May is cured of her uh, ghost sickness by being killed and then brought back to life, which is pretty intense. Like, oh my God, are they going to kill off HMA? Um, so now it's basic. It's it got two episodes left of uh, Agents of Shield for um, until I think they're going on break. Um, and I'm loving this season. I still don't have a complaint about it. Um, they're really moving along. They're, they're using the Sokovia Accord stuff. They're actually really um, threading in all the stuff from the cinematic universe into this. Um, the ghost, I, I'm still trying to figure out if there is a connection with Doctor Strange. There almost has to be because they look like the villains do in the face from Doctor Strange. Um, there's still enough mystery going around that I'm, I'm enjoying it without it being annoying which is usually a problem with the show. It's like, come on. Um, and I love the fact that they have a, an ex-Captain America as now the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I, Mace um, is, you know, Mace is now the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really enjoying it. I, I don't have a complaint about S.H.I.E.L.D. You guys should be watching it. I love Ghost Rider. Just saying. I watched the first episode of this, of this season. Of the season, it's mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's a Ghost Rider re- looked cool, but unfortunately, the rest of it to me was Shield. It was just Agents of Shield, which has never really grabbed me as a show. It's actually gotten a lot better, and I this season I've been really enjoying it. Um, and I like Coulson and his hand and stuff. And um, it's uh, it's funny. I was talking to someone about they just want Coulson to get a finger gun now because they've created all these hands for him and they want it to where he points his gun like a gun and it actually shoots that i'm waiting for that to happen he should have a repulsor ray built into the palm of his hand he's got all kinds of goodies he's he's taking advantage of the fact that he had to cut his hand off he can x-ray trucks i saw that yeah it's he's got all kinds of cool stuff and this this episode was funny because there was an emp that that kind of made his his robot hand useless because he had he had no power for it and he was driving so when the emp went off his hand was on the wheel and he's like um guys i need a little help here because he couldn't release it and so he stuck and it was really it was a good scene i enjoyed this one a lot um so yay agents of shield keep it up yay um so Ryan, I know that you wanted to talk about Scream Queens. Something traumatic happened for you. Well, it did. I was devastated. And see, when this event happened in the show, like I, you know, I, I'm really good, especially with Ryan Murphy. Um, I can just see his shows and where they're going. Like I followed all of his programs. So I just, I kind of, in essence, I got his number. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not and the way just, you'd lie. <laughs> well, you know, we'll save that for Fangirl After Dark. <laughs> and um, I just, uh, I was sitting there and like the show is still really funny. It's still really witty. Um, they're going about, you know, now that there's not as many female characters on the show and it's in a smaller, more intimate setting of a hospital, the characters from the first season are kind of growing more. Um, especially the Chanel's and I I'm coming to find that the girls in the background Chanel's number three and five they're really kind of interesting characters um, and Billy Lord I adore her I think she is just one of the most 
precious little things on her. She looks like Debbie Reynolds, and it's just, <laughs> it's precious. And I love her character. She's just so dry and deadpan, and it, it continues to just get more amazing. But yeah, something tragic happened. Um, Chanel Oberlin, uh, who's played by my girlfriend, Emma Roberts, and um, <laughs> her, <laughs> her boyfriend um, from the first season, an ex-boyfriend in this season, Chad Radwell, they decided they were going to get back together. And when he, they, he asked her to marry him, and they were going to get married at the end of the episode. And then Chad's corpse dropped in through the ceiling onto the altar. Oh, snap. With his, with his throat ripped out. And I literally threw up my hands and was like, <gasps> and froze for like 60 seconds. And Sean had just gotten home for his lunch break. And it was like, you know, what's funny is you're not even scared or disgusted by what you're seeing. You're genuinely shocked. And like surprised at this, and I'm like, I am Chad Radwell. Like, if you do not know this character, just look at his bits on YouTube. Eric, Jessica, I implore you, he is hilarious. So I was so excited when he came back for this season, and now he's dead. <laughs> so that's what happened to me on my, you know, barely in my two shows that I watch. <laughs> <laughs> God. So I want to um I want to say something really quickly about uh Gotham. Yeah. Because it's interesting how uh it it is now the place where all the the dead characters from Walking Dead go. And um Jervis uh Tet is I, I'm I'm interested by how they're making this. They they basically came out with in this episode, which is called New Day Rising. It's funny, the entire run of the penguin becoming mayor, he is now mayor of Gotham. Oswald Cobblepot is the mayor of Gotham. And it's hilarious because they're making this a complete nod to Trump. He has a fake orange tan to make himself look more normal. It looks horrible on him, and it looks wrong. And his tagline is, make Gotham safe again. It's completely Trump. They're, they're totally ripping on him. Um, but the other part of this, like I said, is the Jervis Tet storyline, where his sister is Alice. And what's interesting about this, he's, they made him a very terrifying character. The Mad Hatter in, in this, you know, usually feel sorry for him. If you remember, like, the Batman, the animated series, Mad Hatter, was, who was voiced by Roddy McDowell, was very, you know, you felt bad for him because he was sort of a loser and no one, no one cared for him. This one's just a flat-out psycho. They've, they've done a really good job with this Mad Hatter. I, it, it's making me forget the rest of the crap that's going on in this show in, in Fish Mountain, um, <clears throat> who is not in it at all this, this last couple of episodes, I don't believe. So, yay. Um, so Jervis Tetch, complete psychopath, uh, kills people with um, a mallet to the head and makes them kill themselves. Well, his sister Alice, they finally admit that he, she says this line that's really interesting when she's um, at the police station, that her brother had thoughts that a brother shouldn't have about his sister. So yeah, they went there with it. Um, and the episode was really well done. I really enjoy the Mad Hatter in this because he's just creepy. And they do this thing with his eyes when he's doing his, his mind control. 
um, where they go completely black, like not the, the, the entire retina and color goes completely black and it's really subtle um, until you notice it. And then it makes him look really creepy. Um, so this episode, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you find out more about the, the twin of uh, Bruce Wayne and he, he goes to leave Gotham after he kisses Selena, which is still weird to me because they seem like such little kids. But they're not. They're like 14 or I'm old. They're like 15 years old. And I think that's too young to be kissing. What's wrong with me? Um, but he gets grabbed by the Court of Owls on the way out of town. So who knows what's going to happen with him. Uh, so we have about four more episodes this season. And I'm interested, really interested, because the one they're showing on Halloween is called The Red Queen. And the last episode um, is titled Blood Rush. So we're going really dark. And by the way, at the end of this episode, it's tragic because Alice gets impaled and dies. And uh, because her blood, you know, her blood is, is is like a plague of some sort. You don't really know what it does to people. It just makes them go weird and crazy. Um, A drop. Uh, falls into the eyeballs of the chief of police played by Michael Chiklis and he looks really scary so Gotham actually here's what it does it grabs me back in it's such a bitch (laughs) damn you Gotham (laughs) it's like once upon a time for me yes please talk about once upon a time before we go to Alaska because I've heard they brought back Dr. Whale they did and you know what he's kind of like mad scientist sexy (gasps) like he's just a creeper that lives in his garage and like the outside of the joint kind of looks like maybe like rape happens in there or something you know just (laughs) like rape happens (laughs) (laughs) not to glorify that but it just looks really (laughs) creepy but um yeah he's in and he's kind of like um helping Dr. Jekyll create um weaponry to defeat Hyde. See they're ripping and, off they're ripping off um the late Lee. great Penny Dreadful again. Well um it's a little different because you know innocent little Mary Margaret Snow White Ugh. she decides that she wants to return to teaching school and it's now she has a goal this season. I think she's gonna be reforming education in Storybrooke. Thank God because those kids need help. <laughs> Their brains are just much <laughs> from all the curses. From all the amnesia. <laughs> so she's going to go back to school and she makes a comment to Regina, who is mayor still or again, or I don't know, that she thinks that it would be a good idea for uh, <laughs> Jekyll and Dr. Frankenstein to head up the science department at Storybrooke. <laughs> I give up on this show. I mean, even with all the hotness of Sam Witwer and David Anders combined, with their powers combined, they still can't get me to watch Once Upon a Time. Well, you know what's keeping me in the show is the fact that the evil queen has returned. Yeah, and, well, sipping her and Hyde. Um, yeah, they just took off together. Regina's a slut. Well, not <laughs> Regina. Not Regina. The evil queen is a slut. She tried to bang Rumpelstiltskin, and then she turned around and went after Hyde and was, like, very vocal and not shy about what they would be doing. 
Well, come on, it is Sam Witwer. I'd be, I'd be vocal too. <laughs> is that the gentleman that plays Frankenstein slash whale? No, that is that is the gentleman that plays Jekyll slash Hyde. Um, like Dorky Jekyll. But he plays both of them. Um, Doctor Jekyll is like um a little nerdy guy. I'm pretty sure he plays both of them, unless I'm mistaken. I believe this English actor with a really dumb Bane voice from, like, The Dark Knight Rises, Eric's favorite comic book movie of all time, as we learned oh, last yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He talks like this. This is oh, Hyde's voice. Maybe he's, he's just Hyde. Maybe he is just Hyde. So now I need to know. I thought he played Jekyll, too. I wonder who's no, playing Jekyll. Jekyll is this adorable little nerdy guy. I forget his name, but he played Emery Dick on... Ryan Murphy's popular. I, I forget. I can't. I can't recall the actor by name. So that's kind of cool, and it's really cool that this season Belle has really stood her ground against Rumple, and she wants nothing to do with him. You know, she's pregnant, and oh yeah, she and she is in real life. Yeah, and she had this like weird vision quest with Rumple in a dream because she put herself to sleep. So he went and found. Um, that guy he went and found morpheus and went into bell's dream state to wake her and you found out that morpheus was actually bell and rumple's son from the future warning her to stay away from rumple see i i I can't i can't watch i can't make myself watch it i want to find out what's going on with this ptsd thing have you guys heard about it on the show oh god now they're going to ptsd Emma has PTSD, sort of. Like, she's seeing visions of her future, and she's been told by a character known as Oracle, because we always have an Oracle. Oracle told her that the visions she is seeing are images from the moment that she would die, and that no matter how she tried to change the path, the outcome would be the same. So apparently Emma is destined to die this season. Again. Again. Because this is this is the way, apparently... Even if you're a savior, you always meet, you always have an ending. Like, you will die. Someone will kill you. And um, they kind of touched on it a little bit with Jafar and Aladdin in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to be getting back into that because whenever Emma's under pressure, she starts, like, tremoring. Well, I hopefully they kill her because I honestly can't stand Emma. I've never liked the character at all, ever. And I just, I just, uh. I haven't either, and I think that's sad because Emma, I feel, was designed to be a hero character for young girls. And she's just annoying. She is. I like all the other portrayals of the Disney characters on this series, like Merida was spot on, and I can't wait for them to... She's a bitch. But, but, you know, (laughs) but but here's the thing. Belle was intelligent. She she stood her when her when Rumpel was being bad, even though he's Rumpel and I love him when he's bad. He she knew what was right and she did all these like trials herself too, but she did them you know, no one seems to remember that. I always liked the Belle character because she seems she's intelligent and people seem to underestimate her. And geez, Jessica, you've seen the series. Don't you agree that she's a little too doormatty with when it comes to Rumple? Well, she's kind of stood her ground with him, but you know, I, that's my problem. Though is you're supposed to be rooting for Emma, and she has no personality. 
and she comes off as more of a bitch than anybody. She's definitely um, expressing a sexual side to her character this season because her and Captain Hook talk about their uh, leather play. Oh, God. I don't need to even hear about that. <laughs> like, they like, apparently they both like to leave their leather coats on. Uh, <laughs> Did you flood the basement again? <laughs> no. That just, that made me, like, throw up a little in my mouth. Come on. You don't think Captain Hook's the least bit attractive? I would go for the Mad Hatter in this show far more, who was too busy now being the Winter Soldier for anybody to bring him back on the show, which makes me sad. It's an upgrade, girl. That's an oh, upgrade. he was so good as the Mad Hatter. They though. recast him on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Well, he wasn't in... Was the Mad Hatter in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland? I don't even think he was in it, was he? I I thought I heard that he would be in it and someone else would be playing Jefferson, but... I hope they just got rid of the character altogether because I think I like they did him as Jefferson. Yeah, I think they did. I don't remember him being it. They had the knave um, be. He kind of took over more of that. So and, anyway, we're we're going yeah. on and on about Once Upon a Time. We need to get to the the Queen. Yes, speaking of Queen, the Queen needs to come. So yeah. with a thank lot. you. Thank- <laughs> and eric's over there in the corner like what in the god's earth are they talking about what has the show become this is all part of the gay agenda (laughs) for eric (laughs) (laughs) so without further ado um thank you eric and thank you ryan um we're going to move on into our interview segment with Alaska. Uh, so thank you guys and be sure to tune in next week because we're going to have a special episode that is nothing but an interview segment because when you put me and Joe Bob Briggs together, we talk a lot. So <laughs> that's next week. But without further ado, make way for the queen. Here comes Alaska. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome the beautiful and talented Alaska 5000 to Fangirl <laughs> Radio. Um, Alaska is the star, one of the main stars of RuPaul's Drag Race right now, All Stars, and multi-talented recording artist, actress, just icon. And I want to thank you for coming to the show. We really um, are excited for having you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I am going to let, I I know Ryan is really, really, really excited and I want to have Ryan start off. um, But I just wanted to say thank you again for being here. It's, it's just so fantastic to have someone just as unique as you are and just funny. And um, I'm just really excited because I'm, I'm getting more and more into the world of drag and, and uh, it's just great to, to see so many just the uniqueness there is so exciting for me and I love it so much. Um, so Ryan, I'm going to let you take off here with this and uh, go for it. All right. Well, hello. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to join us. Sure. Of course. All right. Well, let's get right into it. So of course you do the show right now, all stars too, which by the way, I wanted to bring up to you, 
that comedy challenge was gold. My friends are still talking about it weeks later, and there are so many gifts of you saying burn and bam. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I love that. It was really fun. Um, Alyssa Edwards is like really um, hilarious naturally. So it was sort of fun to just like hang back and let her do her crazy off the cuff uh, 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 catchphrasery. Um, <laughs> and then I just got to say one word responses, which is my favorite thing to do. Those were amazingly timed one-worded responses. I mean, I'm sorry, the burn is just, it's its the best way burn has ever been delivered, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, you know, you've also got your new album coming out soon, Pound Cake. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, which is obviously inspired by the wonderful character that is Lil Pound Cake. Um, how much fun was it to shoot that video for Puppet? Because you got to do something that a lot of gay men in this world would love to do, and that is sit in Rocco Steele's lap. <laughs> oh, sit on Rocco Steele's lap? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? I was like, <laughs> I was just on my Tumblr, and I and I saw Rocco Steele porn, and I was like, oh my god, I was sitting on that guy's lap. <laughs> 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 um, he, yeah, he was great. Um, and so Boomer Banks was in it as well. And like, they're just like, um, Boomer is a friend of mine, but I mean, they're also just like really great, um, great at what they do. And, and like porn is sort of, um, it's sort of just like a different type of drag. Like I get along really well with porn actors because, um, they're basically doing the same thing that we're doing. They just um, wear different kinds of makeup and um, and and different kinds of clothes. <laughs> I mean, immediately when I saw the video, of course, I recognized Boomer as well. So I thought it was pretty amazing that you um, included them in your artistry. Um, with your music, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I have a lot of your songs mixed into many of my playlists. And uh, I want to go back to your first album, Anus, uh, which a beautiful title. And <laughs> I have a gif of that on my phone forever of you as Lady Bunny just saying anus. And I like to send it people at random. <laughs> I just want to say um, I was really disappointed that there was no video for Beard. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. I wanted to put Willem in there. <laughs> But, I, I mean, it. who knows? Because there's like there's so many songs on the album that I really um, that I really love and that would really lend themselves to videos. So I don't know. You never know. I wouldn't count it out. <laughs> of course, we have the new album coming out, which is called Pound Cake because um, Little Pound Cake forced me at gunpoint to name it after her. <laughs> and um, and uh, it's it's full of um, vile. So please don't don't let children listen to it um, and um, be advised that it could rot your brain. <laughs> That's the best kind of pound cake, though, right? 
Exactly. I can't wait to pre-order it. So I had one question I wanted to ask, um, which you're kind of an international star at this point. You're known across the world. What's the difference between like what have you have you witnessed in different parts of the world as compared to the states when it comes to drag and the history and the acceptance of it? Um, uh, well, I mean, I think it's a really exciting time right now uh, because I mean, drag race is at a huge point of popularity everywhere, even in countries where it's it doesn't air on TV. Like people find it and um, they watch it and they're obsessed with it. Um, and that's the main thing. And I think that, I think the impact of drag race, we probably won't even really recognize until many years from now. But I think it's, um, I think it's a really important show. And I think it's uh, loosening the, the gender restrictions and rules and I think that the more we can do that I think there will be more just like acceptance and more uh, more love and I, I think the world will be a better place so I think it's a, a really important show um, and it's it's great everywhere all around the world I know it's kind of a weird time right now with like I, I love the fact that it won an Emmy, which is fantastic. And and it's, you know, yeah. and now it, it's such a weird dichotomy with what we have going on in the election with the kind of hate that's going on. But then you have this wonderful acceptance going on, too. It's such a an interesting time. Totally. Noel, did, I, you're, you're over there. I hear you quietly jumping up and down. Do you have questions? <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, I mean, as a burlesque performer myself, it's always so interesting for me personally to hear what inspires other performers. Because for me, it's always something ridiculous and dumb that I find hilarious. And if other people don't agree with me, then they're wrong because it's always going to be funny. But <laughs> like, if you don't like my Howard the Duck burlesque set, you are incorrect because it's great. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like for me, I, I'll be driving and I'll hear a song and get inspired to do a set or make a show. So what random things have inspired you or do you find inspiring just day to day life when you stop and you're like, oh, that would be something that I should really do? Um, uh, wow. I mean, um <laughs> I love uh, I love Whitney Houston. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I think that she has uh, a realness to her and in her performances. And I I love her recordings, but I really love listening to her live and um, and watching her perform. And it's never it's never exactly the same any two times. Um, yeah. And she's just like, she's just like channeling just, I, I mean, the divine, I guess. And I, I love that. I love her. And I'm obsessed with her right now. I just got Spotify. <laughs> and so I'm like listening to all her albums and discovery. <laughs> like there's this song called My Name Is Not Susan. Have you ever heard of this song? <laughs> 
I haven't. I have. I I have too. <laughs> Her boyfriend is like is like talking in his sleep and keeps saying Susan, and she's like, "Bitch, my name is not Susan." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that that lends itself to a really good evil routine, I think, right there. It does. That gives yeah, me ideas. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that kind of lends into a question I had, which is, what would be your dream drag routine? Like, if you had no, no like, rules, what would you love to do? Well, um, something I'd really like to do that I that I haven't done is um, I want to do like a Shirley Bassey show where it's like where I have like a full orchestra and it's um, and it's me at the microphone in a beautiful gown and um, a giant orchestra and we just play like Shirley Bassey songs and Whitney Houston songs and. Um, and my songs and um so yeah that's something i would really like to do oh i love shirley bassey all the bond music all the bond music <laughs> in the voice of bond darling yeah <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> ryan i'm gonna swing it back to you do you have a, another question well, yeah, I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, Alaska, we got to talk with uh, Peaches Christ for a little bit. And obviously some of her, yeah, some of her other projects had popped up in conversation. And one of them I would love to talk with you about, and I've seen uh, some amazing video footage from it, is your lady's take on Showgirls. Oh, where you God. Played, oh, you yeah. Were, <laughs> yes, you were basically a facsimile of Nomi. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how that premise came to be and other than the fact that you were going to have fabulous nails which are very important to you what drew you to it right well i mean i mean peaches i love uh, what she does with midnight mass um and um and so anytime i get to go to san francisco and like do a show with her i'm like so there um and she and we were just like sort of tossing ideas back and forth about movies we wanted to do and um and she offered me uh know me and showgirls and i was like um yeah totally i'd love to <laughs> um so she asked me to do it and i did it and um and it was great and that's like that's one they do every year and um and i didn't realize how much i had in common with Nomi Malone until i really like have you also had sexual relations with Kyle in a swimming pool? Is that his, is that accurate? It's all coming out this show. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't honestly? Who wouldn't want to, honestly? Also, <laughs> Fun story, when oh, I was boy. a stripper, that was almost my stage name. I, I was almost oh, Nomi Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, Right? Well, the one thing I saw that I just fell in love with, and I've been posting pictures all day on Facebook, was was your uh, version of Frankenfurter, which I thought was just freaking fantastic. How, how was that to do Rocky Horror? Oh, I love it. That was just... I mean, it's 
so it, it, that was a role that I I wanted to play ever since I was a little gay boy, and um, and so that was just a dream come true. And I I love uh, I love all the kids who were in the show with me in San Antonio, and um, it was amazing to get to do that. Like it's a dream role. I love that. Nice. I, you did such a beautiful version of him, too. I, I just absolutely loved it. It was so pretty. Yeah, yeah it was definitely her own and not an impression of Tim Curry. Yes, exactly. That's what's so nice about it. I think that Dr. Frankenfurter really is a dream role for a lot of gay men to play. Like, I myself would love to do. I th- I'm actually thinking of doing that for Halloween myself. So <gasps> pictures, or it didn't happen. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess now I will, since you're all twisting my arm. <laughs> yes, I was magenta yeah. for Halloween when I was eight. When you were eight? Oh my god! I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I watched it when I was five. So yeah. <laughs> now, Alaska, my- I hate to sincerely be kind of tacky here, but. So of every course. week, I, I but I have to be because I'm me. Um, I I get together with a friend of mine every week. She's like my best friend in the entire world, and she is a Drag Race super fan. And she's actually um, probably going to be listening to the show when it airs. So I was just wondering if you might be able to say hello to my dear friend Kara. Hello, my dear friend Kara. <laughs> Thank <it> you. <laughs> I'll make sure she tweets you her response. I know. I, I was going to say, I, I, he beat me to it, but I was going to ask for my friend Rachel, who I have not, I don't know of many women who like worship drag race as much as Rachel does. I mean, it's, it's like a thing. And I, I, she, when I told Rachel, she used to be a co-host on the show that you were going to be on here. She actually like fainted, I think left her body for a moment <laughs> and then came back to it. she says that you are her spirit animal that's the one thing i know she said was alaska's my spirit animal so just just know that you were beloved (laughs) so i i have a question i i I don't know why or if this has happened or not but i'm going to ask all three of you has there been a golden girls drag routine anywhere ever done because there's apparently Okay, there has been because there's there's this massive resurgence of the Golden Girls. I don't know if Alaska, if you're aware that they're actually making action figures of them now um, that you can get. I love that. (laughs) We'll 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 have to hook Alaska up with some Funko uh, action figures. We have to figure that out. We have to get them for her. I'll I'll do it because yes, I've got please. I've already got my Sophia and my Dorothy pre-ordered off Amazon.com. Oh, so yes. I'll I'll get that hooked up nice. and send that your way, Alaska. Just I love the Golden Girls. I always have, and someday I'm just gonna buy a condo in Florida and retire on my lanai and my caftan with a bunch of cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my ultimate goal. At the end of my life, just lanai, cheesecake, caftan. I mean, I've already got like two thirds of that because, you know, I love a good caftan. (laughs) Nice. Goals. 
So I was going to ask one, I, I'm going to give, I, I, we're about to run out of time, but I want to give each of you one more chance to ask a question. But I, the one I wanted to ask you specifically is after watching, getting into drag race and watching this now, how do you deal with the pressure of some of these challenges? Cause they're sort of in, they're pretty intense and more involved than some that I've ever seen on shows like this. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's all stars. And so, um, so definitely all of the queens who are there stepped it up as far as the runway and as far as just being prepared and ready to go in with guns blazing. But like also the producers of the show stepped it up because they made these challenges way more intense and um, way more challenging. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. It's a horrifying experience being a drag race. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know, like, it's it's multiple facets. Like, you have to work on your look. You have to work on, like, your acting or even in dancing. Like, you do multiple things in this show. I don't think people really grasp how crazy faceted it is. Yeah, and there's really not a lot of time to do it. And um, especially this season, we had, um, I mean, that, that Women in History Challenge was I mean they didn't even show really the whole thing but we were all dancing and like even hearing that song gives me like post traumatic stress disorder <laughs> like um, <laughs> flashbacks like it gives me a panic attack hearing that song because it we had to learn so much choreography in a really short amount of time um that's crazy but we did uh and and I think it was just was right. Awesome. Well, uh, Noel, I'm going to give you, it is a, it's a, it's addictive. I now understand all of the addiction and, and <laughs> rabid fandom, rabid, rabid fandom that this show has. So Noel, I'm going to give you a chance uh, to ask one more question and then we'll get to Ryan. Okay. All right. So I don't know where this came from, but I love like terrible B movies. They're kind of my bread and butter and I love them. They're all garbage gems and they're my favorite. So if you could create your own, like, sci-fi, Sharknado-style movie, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't That's know, but I would want it to be, Thank like, you. I would want it to be in the 60s so that the hair was sort of big and, um, like, everyone was wearing eyelashes. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what what the plot would be. I, I like... Um, I, I would want it to be, like, something like The Fog or, like, mm. or something like that. Because um, yeah. I like giant amorphous. Um, I like it. And honestly, I don't think that they know what the plot of their movies is. <laughs> Sharknado yeah. is throw in, throw in all the... Uh, all the uh, 1980s and 90s character actors that we can find and then have them Perfect. fight rubber sharks. Yeah, I could totally see, like, an Alaska meets the blob and the fog kind of monster, and it would be amazing. I can see that. <laughs> I kind of need, to, I kinda need that blog. to happen now. It was, it, it was, it's a horrible accident at a moose, uh, a hair moose factory creates this <laughs> giant amorphous creature. I love that. Wig gone, like just an, a living wig that eats people and grows out of control, gets bigger and bigger. 
All right, Ryan, I'm going to hand off the final that. question to you. All right. Well, that's, a, that's a real honor there, Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the thing that I've noticed, um, a lot of people talking fan-wise and about the series myself, is that you have become a part of two of, I feel, and the fans feel, one of the most legendary episodes of the Drag Race series. And those being the RuPaul Roast episode of your season, season five. And then this other Drag Queens of Comedy Challenge, where that episode was also legendary. Like, what is it like standing there on that stage and being a part of these moments that just, like with Roxy's wig reveal and everything that went down in episode five of All Stars 2? Like, what is that like? Well, I mean, it's... uh... It's, of course, looking back on it, it's great. It's like, um, it's a very special and magical space that is created where, yeah, you're right. All this, all these legendary things do happen. And, but I mean, when you're there, it's, it's mostly just terrifying. Um, because I was constantly <laughs> afraid of, of just going home and uh, getting sent home. And uh, so it's, it's really terrifying and um, stressful being there, but um, it it's definitely it's the best drag stage uh, on planet Earth. It, it seriously is, and so like getting to just be there and do what I love doing there is just like I mean it's a huge it's a huge honor and a huge opportunity, and I love that. I love it too. I'm so glad that you're back on my television. Aw, it's true. Me too, girl. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, Alaska, thank you so much for joining us. We really had a great time, and good luck on the show. Um, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest Fangirl Radio episode. I am your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me, as always, my two lovely and talented co-hosts with the mostest, Mr. Eric Smith. Hello. And Mr. Ryan Stacy. Hi. <laughs> and we're, we're very excited and very flamboyant this episode because why are yes, we flamboyant excited? Yeah. Tell me, Ryan. Tell me. Well, because we have with us tonight in our interview segment, we're talking to Alaska 5000 from rupaul's drag race season five where she was top three and she's yeah. now top four currently on rupaul's drag race all-stars season two where tonight we find out if she wins and gotta help if she doesn't win i think right i i, I think that right. the television will not be able to deal with whatever would happen <laughs> I, I can't even i can't even guess what would happen if if she doesn't win i don't know what will happen <laughs> She might pay Detox $10,000 to knock some people off. Maybe, like, I, I, you know what I see in my head, though, is something right out of Carrie. I see her, I see Alaska getting, like, telekinetic powers and there being lots of pig blood and screaming and hair being ripped out. I that That's what I see in my head. Right. I don't think it's far-fetched. I don't know. I mean, okay, so just real quick while we're on the topic. There is a lot of um, controversy in the fandom world over Drag Race right now because we have seen the reemergence 
of the uh, girl group, kind of, that was on season five when Alaska was competing. And that's where Alaska talks. And that's comprised of Alaska, Roxy Andrews, and Detox. And they're back. And once again, it's um, Alaska talk and <laughs> the kitschy queen. And, you know, this time it's Katya. And Katya could, you know, take the crown from them. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting finale, and I'm definitely, you got, I blame you, and I blame Rachel, ex-fangirl host Rachel, for uh-huh. dragging me into the world of drag, as you will, as, you know, pun intended, you've dragged me into right. drag. And well, I feel like it's a great place for you, Jessica, <laughs> I don't know why you're just now getting into the world of drag, you're There's... a drag queen yourself. I well, I, my dream is actually to be made over by a drag queen. Like I, I want, I want the full-on contour because my head's so round and large that God knows I need it. But <laughs> girl, we'll carve you out for the gods, yeah. <laughs> Yes. So I can't, you guys, yes, you, you must stick around for our interview with Alaska and I can't do justice to, to just how, yes, it it was, it totally. She was, that was, we've, I mean, I've had the pleasure of sitting in now with, on a few chats with you and I listen all the time and she was just, I, I had so much fun talking with Alaska. I, I, it was it was hilarious and fun yeah. and and it was exactly what we wanted and we got a couple call outs from Alaska for some super Alaska fans that we both know and it was really fun. Yes, that was really sweet of her to do because I didn't want to be tacky, you know. <laughs> oh, be tacky, be tacky, you bitch, be tacky, be as tacky as you want because you will. Anyway, yes, <laughs> I, 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 someday we're going to have Cassandra Peterson on this show and Ryan is going to have a stroke. You will literally hear me have an aneurysm. Yeah, there will be there will be like radio. this high pitched squeak, and I'll be like, "Oh, that was Ryan's brain, exactly. <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone." You'll just hear me go, and my brain will just pop. <laughs> you know that? Have you seen that movie Scanners? Yeah, remember Scanners? Remember Scanners? That's it. Scanners. <laughs> goddamn member berries they won't leave me alone all right guys so we have um a weekend geek to get through before we get to alaska and um i want to start off um apparently everybody and their brother has something to say about lucifer and i i wrote a an op-ed that i posted last night on fangirlmag.com about my thoughts on this season and i am curious to find out what eric and possibly ryan i don't know if ryan watched it but i know eric brought it up um what he thinks about this season as well um because we're on episode three and i've had a big old return in my brain to another dc centric show that they've done something they did something very similar to that died in the second season and that was oh human target it still hurts. Um, but they added two new female characters and decided to change up something that didn't need to be changed. And now we're doing something really similar with Lucifer. So what do you guys think? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm already tired of the mom. Yes. I just. I no, no, no. I still mind. love, I still love Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And the detective and uh, Maze, of course. I love Maze. Um, but yeah, it's I'm just tired of her already. 
and it's only been three Nothing against Trisha Helfer. No, and, and that's the irony. It was like I brought up in my in my um, op-ed. She was on the first episode of Human Target. And uh, I, it's nothing against Trisha Helfer. It's that, it, why did they need to mess with this? Why did we need to add additional characters? And if you're adding additional characters, two girls, nothing against women. I'm not against women. Let me make that clear. But when they, what they're doing is they're adding two additional female characters to a show that did not need them. They already had really powerful, really great female leads in this show. And now they've added additional ones, one of which seems to just be the mom is there just for TNA and to dance around and look, you know, be, be funny and slightly sinister at the end of every episode now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you have a great, you know, a, what could possibly be a really great character with the morgue tech, um, you know, the, the crime scene girl who is, up, you know, she has, she's of Christian faith. They could have some amazing bits with her. And what are they doing? They're just wasting her. In three episodes, we've had one instance where she was really interesting. It was the first episode. And then they've kind of made her some sort of weird comic relief in the background. Instead of utilizing her as a neat character that could have really good, deep, meaningful conversations with Lucifer. Well, that's, I, first of all, I think... Uh, she's played by Amy Garcia, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and she hasn't been on the show enough for me to decide how I feel about her character. So I don't have, I guess I'm leaning more towards the positive because I do like some of the things she has to say and a, the little bit that she's added. But she's not on it enough to right. register that much as opposed to the, the mother character who just, yeah, like you said, she's just. Uh, either being goofy or sexy or sinister. Right. And she's uh, personally, I don't think she's brought anything to the show so far. She, she really hasn't. And I know it's only three episodes in, but I am having all of these flashbacks because this season seems to not really have any focus. There's, you know, the mom character is just an annoyance. There's nothing, she's not bringing anything interesting. I would rather see more of Amenadiel having to, you know, whatever is going on with him. Like he's, because he's laying with the demon, now he's, he's, molting. he's molting, he's infected, he's losing his powers. Uh, that's interesting to me. But that's Maze and Amenadiel. That's two characters from the first season. That's nothing to do with any of this other crap. Um, you know, I, I love the care, you know, I love the psychologist character with her and Maze and interact her, those two interacting, you know, she's barely been in it. Because, yeah. It was like Rachel Harris. Yeah. She's fantastic, but they keep focusing on the mom and I really don't give a rat's crap about her now. <laughs> There's nothing interesting with her. This whole, you know, give me something but she's not interesting. It's, it's, it's annoying more than anything else. And it's kind of affecting the Lucifer character. Uh, it, it's just like, you're making him more of a buffoon. I like him when he's, you know, I, I, the only thing like the last episode, the one time that I was like, woo, yay, was when his eyes lit up again. And it's yeah. like, oh, that, I loved that shot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then you have, <laughs> you have the two cops. The I, I don't, and I, I don't care. 
you know, just, they reset them. Yeah. So basically, their relationship now is basically exactly where it was at the beginning of the first season. Yeah, exactly. And and the little girl, I I love her. I loved it when she was interacting with Lucifer because there was some twisted and cuteness to it. And she's barely in it too. So right. it's it's like okay, well, this show is just it's having that second season slump and Fox. You know, a lot. I was having a discussion online about this. The the ratings for Lucifer literally have been cut in half from the first episode, and they've held steady at this three three and a half rating. But I I got to tell you, I'm forcing. I, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, oh, I have to watch it. But it's like, uh, if this is the way this whole season's going to be, they're not going to get a third. Ryan, have you seen it? No, I have not. But I wanted to make a comment because this is the same problem that's happening with one of my shows. And I was just reading an article similar to the discussion that you're having about Lucifer. And that's with my show Scream Queens, you know, with my girlfriend, Emma Roberts. (laughs) 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 They're having the same problem. Like the show is just not holding and delivering as well this season for some reason the ratings are dropping and are only a fraction of what they were first season and And i'm really sad i'm really sad i hate when shows that happens to shows when i mean it like ryan murphy he had um a show on the wb it was his first big show and it was called popular and it Mm. was a success the first season did okay the second season and then it just vanished it was gone it was canceled and blasted into television was that the one with leslie bibb yes okay wow 10 points to gryffindor i was i'm really (laughs) (laughs) 10 points to gryffindor no that's that's the thing is and fox is notorious for it they don't wait when it comes to shows like this i'm i'm actually amazed that we got a second season of lucifer in the first place and i'm just I'm seeing it. I'm flashing back because another, car, you know, I always say human, you know, human target was a horrible example of messing with a show that had a great gimmick and it had, you know, they went so far as to take Bear McCready, who is everybody loves his music. Everything he does TV theme wise is just freaking fantastic. I think he did Outlander. You know, we did Walking Dead. He he makes these beautiful theme music um, for series. His his theme music was used at the beginning for uh, the first season of Human Target. They t- changed it to some weird like t- uh, techno thing for the second season. Why would you do that? Why? Because, and, and I've learned this, and you'll be surprised. Score is one of the most expensive parts of any film or television production. But they've already built, they already have the theme music. You don't, you've already paid for it. Why would you? Plus there's rights. I, uh, no, no, they, what they did was they tweaked the entire show. They added the two characters that were unnecessary that messed with the dynamic and shoehorned them in because they wanted to sex it up because the show didn't have enough female characters in it for people. And it wasn't about that. You know, it was about these three core guys doing their thing. And what's even stranger here with Lucifer is they did it here when they already had two really strong 
female characters and they put these other ones in there now for some goofy reason one of them you know why they put her in there and the other one is kind of like oh i have this is oh well she's comic relief so you're gonna lose people like already you hear it in eric and i's voice we really are tired of this rehash so i'm sad about that I was surprised how much I loved this show. I had no hopes. Maybe, of it. <laughs> maybe if they're rehashing this so much, could it be possible that it's better to just cancel the series? If it's going to keep going this way where they're, you know, the one thing I loved about, I, I really enjoyed about Lucifer too, was you had those moments of like him singing at the keyboard. You know, Eric even mentioned that, that it's just mm-hmm. really cool. But what happens is you're trying to, and this sounds like I know what I'm talking about. And I'm talking out of my ass, but what to me it is, you have a second season. You've already established a really cool first season. They've already cut the number of episodes on this to 10. They don't have a 13 season. I've only seen 10 listed for this season, um, which means they already are sort of like, yeah, let's see what's going to happen. Um, you've, you've established characters and instead of building upon these really you know, these characters that you've just been introduced to, they're ramming two new ones in there that are going to take away from what you could be doing with these other characters that are supposed to be your leads. And you're missing an opportunity to build more of a, of a character base for these guys and more of a story for them. I would love to see flashbacks to Lucifer's fall. I would love to see more of the heaven and hell stuff but instead we're getting mum you know we're not getting heaven and hell we're getting tna mom and and i think that's a waste it's a waste of a good opportunity for this show and how many times in in tv shows and movies have we seen the non-human character trying to fit yeah i'm doing air quotes i don't know why because no one can see me (laughs) We, I hear them <laughs> in in movies and TV shows. We've so many times we've had the non-human character trying to fit into the human world. So even that aspect of it isn't new. We've seen it so many times. Yeah, I, I it's just yeah, it's old hat, and they could be focusing on, you know, this show is really unique in that you've got the devil as a sympathetic character. It could, and, and it had enough problems getting established. You know, people were, like, pissed off about it. And they're just throwing it away now. I don't, and I don't know why. It just feels like, and, and I know it's only the third episode of the second scene where you do it. But I can feel it. You know? I feel it. And I, it's obviously not just me. If Eric's seeing it, too, and other people are seeing it, too. So... Well, how about, since we're talking about sophomore seasons, we move on to something a little more positive, if you don't mind. Are you going to talk about Supergirl? I am. Yay! Talk about um, <laughs> Okay, now anybody who listens to this show at all last year knows I did not like Supergirl. Eric uh, hated it and mocked it with every fiber. I, I, as, <laughs> much as, I, as much as I liked the cast, I thought the writing was horrible. The stories were horrible. Um, but it moved to a new network. It's the sophomore season. Uh, you know, I wanted to see if people, if they learned 
from any problems they had with the first season. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the first episode of season two. If they keep going in this vein, then I think I will really like the entire season. Um, and we have some new characters. Who was in this episode? Who was in this episode? <laughs> well, there's a character. We don't know who this character is yet because he just crash landed to Earth in a Kryptonian pod, but he's unconscious. Oh. Or are you talking about the other character? The other Kryptonian one... that landed on the planet? In a pod. <laughs> yeah, the one with the great butt. <laughs> Lena Luther? No, the other one. The new potential villain? Lex Luthor's sister? Is that who you're talking about? No, no, the one with the great butt. The one with the great butt. I said, <laughs> Lena Luthor. <laughs> no! Okay, of course, we're talking about Clark Kent. Yeah. And um, who, to me, still looks like Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, my but God. I, I liked him. I'm not a fan of the bumbling, klutzy Clark Kent portrayal. Never have been. But he doesn't overdo that. He plays Superman very well. And I absolutely love the chemistry between Supergirl and Superman. They Ew, they're so cousins. <laughs> Not that kind of chemistry. Jesus, this isn't Game of, uh, game of yeah. uh, Krypton. <laughs> yeah. But they, they work so well together. Um, Callista Flockhart is still, I love her as Cat Grant. Uh, as I said, we are introduced to uh, Lena, I think it's Lena Luther, Lex's sister, and we find out Lex is in jail on a 30-year sentence. Uh, and they're paying homage to the Christopher Reeves films. Uh, someone asked Superman about the time that Lex Luthor tried to um, use earthquakes to devastate California. Aww. And my favorite part of the whole episode, Cat Grant has a new personal assistant, and when she calls her into the office, she shouts, Miss Tessmacher? <laughs> so that was fantastic um, oh god now I gotta watch it <laughs> there's, there's tension between Superman and Martian Manhunter over some things that we learn about um, overall really this was I think this was much better than any of the episodes in the first season not that I remember all of them that well but it really I'm really <laughs> impressed brain. <laughs> I've tried to block some of them out um, I was really impressed with this first episode, and I'm hoping that continues, because I don't want to dislike anything. Um, so I have high hopes. It was really good. So disappointment with Lucifer in its second season. Maybe every show needs uh, to change networks. Could every be. season, just flip Can you imagine around. a Lucifer on <laughs> HBO? Oh. oh, that would be insane. Uh, wait, I That'd need a moment. So I need a moment. <laughs> Jessica Dunn flooded the basement. <laughs> oh, God. So that's my oh, sophomore God. season report for Supergirl. Awesome. Is the theme of this episode, sophomore season? Well, no, because I wanted to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not screwing up anything and doing it all right. Um, the, uh, ne the latest episode was called Uprising, and we um, finally have S.H.I.E.L.D. working out in the open. It is no longer hidden in the shadows. Ooh. They they announce that S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. And um, we discover that there is a group called the Watchdogs who are in hunting down the Inhumans. 
and and killing them off. Like there were 17 inhumans killed. Um, we also find out, I, I should have realized this. I should have realized what was going to happen to his character on Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but uh, the, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, the son from Fear the Walking Dead that uh, died, they actually killed the kid, Chris. They killed off Chris. Um, he is actually the brother of Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, he gets He's in a wheelchair, right? Or something? Yeah. yeah, and he's got much shorter hair than he had in, in um, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. But uh, so this episode ends with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out of the shadows. Daisy leaves uh, Ghost Rider and, um, and his, his brother, who basically tells her, if you don't leave my brother alone, um, I'm going to report you because I know who you are. He knows there's Quake. Um, and May is cured of her uh, ghost sickness by being killed and then brought back to life, which is pretty intense. Like, oh my God, are they going to kill off HMA? Um, so now it's basic. It's it got two episodes left of uh, Agents of Shield for um, until I think they're going on break. Um, and I'm loving this season. I still don't have a complaint about it. Um, they're really moving along. They're they're using the Sokovia Accord stuff. They're actually really um, threading in all the stuff from the cinematic universe into this. Um, the ghost, I, I'm still trying to figure out if there is a connection with Doctor Strange. There almost has to be because they look like the villains do in the face from Doctor Strange. Um, there's still enough mystery going around that I'm I'm enjoying it without it being annoying, which is usually a problem with this show. It's like, come on. Um, and I love the fact that they have a an ex-Captain America as now the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I, I, Mace um, is, you know, Mace is now the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really enjoying it. I, I don't have a complaint about S.H.I.E.L.D. You guys should be watching it. I love Ghost Rider. Just saying. I watched the first episode of this, of this season. Of the season? It's mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's a Ghost Rider re- looked cool, but unfortunately the rest of it to me was Shield. It was just Agents of Shield, which has never really grabbed me as a show. It's actually gotten a lot better. And I this season I've been really enjoying it. Um and I like Colson and his hands and stuff. And um it's uh it's funny, I was talking to someone about they just want Coulson to get a finger gun now because they've created all these hands for him and they want it to where he points his gun like a gun and it actually shoots. That I'm waiting for that to happen. He should have a repulsor ray built into the palm of his hand. He's got all kinds of goodies. He's he's taken advantage of the fact that he had to cut his hand off. He can x-ray trucks. I saw that. Yeah, it's he's got all kinds of cool stuff. And this this episode was funny because there was an EMP that that kind of made his his robot hand useless because he had he had no power for it, and he was driving. So when the EMP went off, his hand was on the wheel, and he's like, "Um, guys, I need a little help here," because he couldn't release it, and so he stuck. And it was really it was a good scene. I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, so yay, agents of shield, keep it up. Um, so Ryan, I know that you wanted to talk about Scream Queens. Something traumatic happened for you. Well, it did. I was devastated. 
and see when this event happened in the show like i you know i i'm really good especially with ryan murphy um i can just see his shows and where they're going like i followed all of his programs so i just i kind of in essence i got his number you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) not the way you'd like (laughs) well you know we'll save that for fangirl after dark (laughs) and um i just uh i was sitting there and like the show is still really funny it's still really witty um they're going about you know now that there's not as many female characters on the show and it's in a smaller more intimate setting of a hospital the characters from the first season are kind of growing more and especially the chanel's and i i'm coming to find that the girls in the background chanel's number three and five they're really kind of interesting characters um and billy lord i adore her i think she is just one of the most precious little things on earth she looks like debbie reynolds and it's just (laughs) it's precious and I love her character. She's just so dry and deadpan, and it, it continues to just get more amazing. But yeah, something tragic happened. Um, Chanel Oberlin, uh, who's played by my girlfriend Emma Roberts, and um, <laughs> her <laughs> her boyfriend um, from the first season, an ex boyfriend in this season, Chad Radwell. They decided they were going to get back together, and when he they he asked her to marry him. And they were going to get married at the end of the episode. And then Chad's corpse dropped in through the ceiling onto the altar. Oh, snap. With his his throat ripped out. And I literally threw up my hands and was like, (gasps) and froze for like 60 seconds. And Sean had just gotten home for his lunch break. And it was like, you know, what's funny is you're not even scared or disgusted by what you're seeing. You're genuinely shocked. And like surprised at this, and I'm like, I am Chad Radwell. Like, if you do not know this character, just look at his bits on YouTube. Eric, Jessica, I implore you, he is hilarious. So I was so excited when he came back for this season, and now he's dead. <laughs> so that's what happened to me on my, you know, barely in my two shows that I watch. <laughs> God. So I want to, um, I want to say something really quickly about uh, Gotham yeah. because it's interesting how uh, it it is now the place where all the, the dead characters from Walking Dead go. And um, Jervis uh, Tet is I, I'm I'm interested by how they're making this. They They basically came out with in this episode, which is called New Day Rising. It's funny, the entire run of the Penguin becoming mayor, he is now mayor of Gotham. Oswald Cobblepot is the mayor of Gotham. And it's hilarious because they're making this a complete nod to Trump. He has a fake orange tan to make himself look more normal. It looks horrible on him and it looks wrong. And his tagline is, make Gotham safe again. It's completely Trump. They're they're totally ripping on him. Um, But the other part of this, like I said, is the Jervis Tet storyline where his sister is Alice. And what's interesting about this, they made him a very terrifying character. The Mad Hatter in in this, you know, usually feel sorry for him. If you remember, like, the Batman, the animated series, Mad Hatter, was, who was voiced by Roddy McDowell, was very, you know, you felt bad for him because he was sort of a loser and no one, no one cared for him. This one's just a flat-out psycho. 
they've they've done a really good job with this Mad Hatter. I it, it's making me forget the rest of the crap that's going on in this show and in Fish Mooney, um, <clears throat> who is not in it at all. This this last couple of episodes, I don't believe. So yay. Um, so Jervis Touch, complete psychopath, uh, kills people with um, a mallet to the head and makes them kill themselves. Well, his sister Alice, they finally admit that she says this line that's really interesting when she's um, at the police station that her brother had thoughts that a brother shouldn't have about his sister. So yeah, they went there with it. Um, And the episode was really well done. I really enjoy the Mad Hatter in this because he's just creepy. And they do this thing with his eyes when he's doing his, his mind control um, where they go completely black, like not the, the, the entire retina and color goes completely black and it's really subtle um, until you notice it. And then it makes him look really creepy. Um, so this episode, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you find out more about the, the twin of uh, Bruce Wayne and he, he goes to leave Gotham after he kisses Selena, which is still weird to me because they seem like such little kids. But they're not. They're like 14 or I'm old. They're like 15 years old. And I think that's too young to be kissing. What's wrong with me? Um, But he gets grabbed by the Court of Owls on the way out of town. So who knows what's going to happen with him? Uh, So we have about four more episodes this season. And I'm interested, really interested, because the one they're showing on Halloween is called The Red Queen. And the last episode um, is titled Blood Rush. So we're going really dark. And by the way, at the end of this episode, it's tragic because Alice gets impaled and dies. And uh, because her blood, you know, her blood is, is is like a plague of some sort. You don't really know what it does to people. It just makes them go weird and crazy. Um, A drop. Uh, falls into the eyeballs of the chief of police played by Michael Chiklis and he looks really scary so Gotham actually here's what it does it grabs me back in it's such a bitch (laughs) damn you Gotham (laughs) it's like once upon a time for me yes please talk about once upon a time before we go to Alaska because I've heard they brought back Dr. Whale they did, and you know what? He's kind of like mad scientist sexy realness. <gasps> like, he's just a creeper that lives in his garage, and, like, the outside of the joint kind of looks like maybe, like, rape happens in there or something, you know? Just <laughs> rape, like, ha- rape happens. Like, <laughs> not to glorify that, but it just looks really <laughs> creepy. But, um, yeah, he's in, and he's kind of, like, um, helping Dr. Jekyll create um weaponry to defeat Hyde. See they're ripping and, off they're ripping off um the late Lee. great Penny Dreadful again. Well um it's a little different because you know innocent little Mary Margaret Snow White Ugh. she decides that she wants to return to teaching school and it's now she has a goal this season. I think she's gonna be reforming education in Storybrooke. Thank God because those kids need help. <laughs> Their brains are just much <laughs> from all the curses. Much from all the amnesia. 
So she's going to go back to school and she makes a comment to Regina, who is mayor still or again, or I don't know, that she thinks that it would be a good idea for uh, (laughs) Jekyll and Dr. Frankenstein to head up the science department at Storybrooke. (laughs) I give up on this show. I mean, even with all the hotness of Sam Witwer and David Anders combined, with their powers combined, they still can't get me to watch Once Upon a Time. Well, you know what's keeping me in the show is the fact that the evil queen has returned. Yeah, well, they're sipping her and Hyde. um, Yeah, they just took off together. Regina's a slut. Well, not (laughs) Regina. Not Regina. the evil queen is a slut. She tried to bang Rumpelstiltskin, and then she turned around and went after Hyde and was, like, very vocal and not shy about what they would be doing. <laughs> well, come on. It is Sam Witwer. I'd be, is, I'd, I'd is be vocal, that, too. <laughs> is that the gentleman that plays Frankenstein slash whale? No, that is, that is the gentleman that plays Jekyll slash Hyde. Um, like, dorky Jekyll? But he plays both of them. Um, Dr. Jekyll is like um, a little nerdy guy. I'm pretty sure he plays both of them, unless I'm mistaken. I believe That's- this English actor with a really dumb Bane voice from like The Dark Knight Rises, Eric's favorite comic book movie of all time, as we learned oh, last yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He talks like this. This is oh, Hyde's voice. Maybe he's, he's just Hyde. <laughs> maybe he is just Hyde. So now I need to know. I thought he played Jekyll, too. I wonder who's no, playing Jekyll. Jekyll is this adorable little nerdy guy. I forget his name, but he played Emery Dick on Ryan Murphy's Popular. I forget. I can't, I can't recall the actor by name. So that's kind of cool. And it's really cool that this season, Belle has really stood her ground against Rumple, and she wants nothing to do with him. You know, she's pregnant. And, oh, yeah. She, and she is in real life. Yeah. And she had this like weird vision quest with Rumple in a dream because she'd put herself to sleep. So he went and found. Um, oh, that guy. He went so- and found Morpheus and went into Belle's dream state to wake her. And you found out that Morpheus was actually Belle and Rumple's son from the future Ooh. warning her to stay away from Rumple. See, I, she, I, can't, I can't. I can't watch. I can't make myself watch it. I want to find out what's going on with this PTSD thing. Have you guys heard about it on the show? Oh, God. Now they're going to PTSD. Emma has PTSD, sort of. Like, she's seeing visions of her future, and she's been told by a character known as Oracle, because we always have an Oracle. Oracle told her that the visions she is seeing are images from the moment that she would die, and that no matter how she tried to change the past, the outcome would be the same. So apparently Emma is destined to die this season. Again. Again. Because this is this is the way. Apparently, even if you're a savior, you always meet, you always have an ending. Like you will die. Someone will kill you. And um, they kind of touched on it a little bit with Jafar and Aladdin in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to be getting back into that because whenever Emma's under pressure, she starts like tremoring. Well, I hopefully they kill her because I honestly can't stand Emma. I'm never liked the character at all, ever. And I just, I just. Uh, I haven't either, and I think that's sad because Emma, I feel, was designed to be a hero character for young girls. And she's just annoying. She is. I like all the other 
portrayals of the Disney characters on this series, like Merida, was spot on, and I can't oh, well, wait. For them to is, oh, she's know, a bitch. But but you know, <laughs> but, but here's the thing: Belle was intelligent. Mm-hmm. She she stood her when her when Rumple was being bad, even though he's Rumple and I love him when he's bad. He she knew what was right, and she did all these like trials herself too but she did them you know no one seems to remember that i always liked the bell character because she seems she's intelligent and people seem to underestimate her you've seen the series don't you agree that she's a little too doormatty with when it comes to rumple well she's kind of stood her ground with him but you know that's my problem though is you're supposed to be rooting for Emma and she has no personality and she comes off as more of a bitch than anybody. She's definitely um, expressing a sexual side to her character this season because her and Captain Hook talk about their uh, leather play. Oh God. I don't need to even hear about that. (laughs) Like they like, apparently they both like to leave their leather coats on. Uh, <laughs> did you flood the basement again <laughs> no that just that made me like throw up a little in my mouth come on you don't think captain hook's the least bit attractive i would go for the mad hatter in this show far more who was too busy now being the winter soldier for anybody to bring him back on the show which makes me sad it's an upgrade girl that's an oh he was so good as the mad hatter they though. recast him on once upon a time in wonderland well he wasn't in was the mad hatter in once upon a time in wonder i don't even think he was in it was he i i thought i heard that he would be in it and someone else would be playing jefferson but I hope they just got rid of the character altogether because I think I like they did him as Jefferson. Yeah, I think they did. I don't remember him being it. They had the knave um, be. He kind of took over more of that. So and, anyway, we're we're going yeah. on and on about Once Upon a Time. We need to get to the the Queen. Yes, speaking of Queen, the Queen needs to come. So yeah. with a thank lot. you. Thank- <laughs> and eric's over there in the corner like what in the god's earth are they talking about what has the show become this is all part of the gay agenda (laughs) for eric (laughs) (laughs) so without further ado um thank you eric and thank you ryan um we're going to move on into our interview segment with Alaska. Uh, so thank you guys and be sure to tune in next week because we're going to have a special episode that is nothing but an interview segment because when you put me and Joe Bob Briggs together, we talk a lot. So <laughs> that's next week. But without further ado, make way for the queen. Here comes Alaska. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome the beautiful and talented Alaska 5000 to Fangirl Radio. Um, Alaska is the star, one of the main stars of RuPaul's Drag Race right now, All Stars, and multi-talented recording artist, actress, just icon. And I want to thank you for coming to the show. We really um, are excited for having you here. 
Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I am going to let, I, I know Ryan is really, really, really excited, and I want to have Ryan start off, um, but I just wanted to say thank you again for being here. It's it's just so fantastic to have someone just as unique as you are and just funny, and um, I'm just really excited because I'm, I'm getting more and more into the world of drag, and, and uh, it's just great to just see so many, just the uniqueness there is so exciting for me and I love it so much. Um, so Ryan, I'm gonna let you take off here with this and uh, go for it. All right, well, hello. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to join us. Sure, of course. All right, well, let's get right into it. So of course you do the show right now, All Stars 2, which by the way, I wanted to bring up to you, that comedy challenge was gold. My friends are still talking about it weeks later and there are so many gifts of you saying burn and bam. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I love that. It was really fun. Um, Alyssa Edwards is like really um, hilarious naturally. So it was sort of fun to just like hang back and let her do her crazy off the cuff uh, 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 Catchphrasery, um, <laughs> and then I just got to say one word responses, which is my favorite thing to do. Those were amazingly timed one-worded responses. I mean, I'm sorry, the burn is just—it's—it's it's the best way burn has ever been delivered, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, you know you've also got your new album coming out soon pound cake and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes which is obviously inspired by the wonderful character that is little pound cake um how much fun was it to shoot that video for puppet because you got to do something that a lot of gay men in this world would love to do and that is sit in rocco Steele's lap <laughs> oh sit on rocco Steele's lap yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i know right i was like <laughs> i was just on my Tumblr, and I and I saw Rocco steel porn, and I was like, "Oh my god, I was sitting on that guy's lap." <laughs> <laughs> um, he, yeah, he was great. Um, and so Boomer Banks was in it as well, and like, they're just like, um, Boomer is a friend of mine, but I mean, they're also just like really great, um, great at what they do, and, and like porn is sort of um it's sort of just like a different type of drag like i get along really well with porn actors because um they're basically doing the same thing that we're doing they just um wear different kinds of makeup and um and and different kinds of clothes (laughs) (laughs) i mean immediately when i saw the video of course i recognized boomer as well so i thought it was pretty amazing that you um included them in your artistry um with your music i i'm a huge fan i i have a lot of your songs mixed into many of my playlists and uh i want to go back to your first album anus uh, which a beautiful title and (laughs) (laughs) i have a gif of that on my phone forever of you (laughs) as lady bunny just saying anus and i like to send it people at random (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, um, I was really disappointed that there was no video for Beard. 
<laughs> oh, I know, right? I wanted to put Willem in that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, it. who knows? Because there's like there's so many songs on the album that I really um, that I really love and that would really lend themselves to videos. So I don't know. You never know. I wouldn't count it out. Of course, we have the new album coming out, which is called Pound Cake because um, Low Pound Cake forced me at gunpoint to name it after her. <laughs> and um, and uh, it's it's full of um, vile filth. So please don't don't let children listen to it um, and um, be advised that it could rot your brain. <laughs> That's the best kind of pound cake, though, right? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to pre-order it. So I had one question I wanted to ask, um, which you're kind of an international star at this point. You've, you've, you're known across the world. What's the difference between, like, what have you have you witnessed in different parts of the world as compared to the States when it comes to drag and the history and the acceptance of it? Um, uh, well, I mean, I think it's a really exciting time right now, uh, because, I mean, Drag Race is at a huge point of popularity everywhere, even in countries where it, it doesn't air on TV, like, people find it, and, um, they watch it, and they're obsessed with it, um, and that's the main thing, and I think that... I think the impact of drag race we probably won't even really recognize until many years from now. But I think it's um I think it's a really important show and I think it's uh loosening the the gender restrictions and rules and I think that the more we can do that, I think there'll be more just like acceptance and more uh more love and I, I think the world will be a better place. So I think it's a, a really important show. Um, and it's, it's great everywhere, all around the world. I know it's kind of a weird time right now with like, I, I love the fact that it won an Emmy, which is fantastic. And, and it's, you know, yeah. and now it's such a weird dichotomy with what we have going on in the election with the kind of hate that's going on, but then you have this wonderful acceptance going on too. It's such a, an interesting time. Totally. Noel, did, I, you're, you're over there. I hear you quietly jumping up and down. Do you have questions? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, as a burlesque performer myself, it's always so interesting for me personally to hear what inspires other performers for me, it's always something ridiculous and dumb that I find hilarious. And if other people don't agree with me, then they're wrong because it's always going to be funny. But <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't like my Howard the Duck burlesque set, you are incorrect because it's great. So, <laughs> but like for me, I, I'll be driving and I'll hear a song and get inspired to do a set or make a show. So what random things have inspired you or do you find inspiring just day-to-day -day life when you stop and you're like, Oh, that would be something that I should really do. Um, uh, wow. I mean, um, <laughs> I love, uh, I love Whitney Houston. 
done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that um, I think that she has uh, a realness to her and in her performances, and I I love her recordings, but I really love listening to her live and um, and watching her perform, and it's never it's never exactly the same any two times. Um, yeah. And she's just like, she's just like channeling just, I, I mean, the divine, I guess. And I, I love that. I love her. And I'm obsessed with her right now. I just got Spotify. <laughs> and so I'm like listening to all her albums and discovery. Like there's this song called My Name Is Not Susan. Have you ever heard of this song? <laughs> I haven't. I have. I I have too. (laughs) Her boyfriend is like, is like talking in his sleep and keeps saying Susan. And she's like, bitch, my name is not Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, that, that lends itself to a really good evil routine. It does. That gives me ideas. Totally. So that kind of lends into a question I had, which is what would be your dream drag routine? Like if you had no, no like rules, what would you love to do? Well, um, something I'd really like to do that I, that I haven't done is um, I want to do like a Shirley Bassey show where it's like, where I have like a full orchestra and it's, um, and it's me at the microphone in a beautiful gown and um, a giant orchestra. And we just play like Shirley Bassey songs and Whitney Houston songs and, um, and my songs. And um, so, yeah, that's something I would really like to do. Oh, I love Shirley Bassey. All the Bond music. All the Bond music. <laughs> She's the voice of Bond, darling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, I'm going to swing it back to you. Do you have another question? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, Alaska, we got to talk with uh, Peaches Christ for a little bit. And obviously some of her, yeah, some of her other projects had popped up in conversation. And one of them I would love to talk with you about, and I've seen uh, some amazing video footage from it, is your lady's take on Showgirls. Oh, where you God. Played, oh, you yeah. were, yes, you were basically a facsimile of Nomi. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how that premise came to be? And other than the fact that you were going to have fabulous nails, which are very important to you, what drew you to it? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, Peaches, I love uh, what she does with Midnight Mass. Um, and, um, and so anytime I get to go to San Francisco and like do a show with her, I'm like, so there. Um, and she, and we were just like sort of tossing ideas back and forth about movies we wanted to do. And, um, and she offered me, uh, know me and showgirls. And I was like, um, yeah, totally. I'd love to. <laughs> um, so she asked me to do it and I did it. And, um, and it was great, and that's like that's one they do every year, and um, and I didn't realize how much I had in common with Nami Malone until I really like dove into the movie and the script. But basically, we're the same person. 
Have you also had sexual relations with Kyle in a swimming pool? Is that his, is that accurate? <laughs> it's all all coming out this show oh my god (laughs) i mean who hasn't who wouldn't want to honestly (laughs) fun story when i was a stripper that was almost my stage name i i was almost no me malone (laughs) that's right Well, the one thing I saw that I just fell in love with, and I've been posting pictures all day on Facebook, was was your uh, version of Frankenfurter, which I thought was just freaking fantastic. How how was that to do Rocky Horror? Oh, I love it. That was just—I mean, it's so. It, it, that was a role that I I wanted to play ever since I was a little gay boy, and. Um, and so that was just a dream come true, and I I love uh, I love all the kids who were in the show with me in San Antonio, and um, it was amazing to get to do that. Like it's a dream role. I love that. Nice. I, you did such a beautiful version of him too. I I just absolutely loved it. It was so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely her own, and not an impression of Tim Curry. Yes, exactly. That's what's so nice about it. I think that Dr. Frankenfurter really is a dream role for a lot of gay men to play. Like, I myself would love to do. I th- I'm actually thinking of doing that for Halloween myself. So <gasps> Pictures, or it didn't happen. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess now I will, since you're all twisting my arm. <laughs> yes! I was magenta yeah. for Halloween when I was eight. When you were eight? Oh my god. I, yeah. Well, I watched it when I was five, so yeah. <laughs> now, Alaska, I hate to sincerely be kind of tacky here, but so every week I, I, but I have to be because I'm me. Um, <laughs> I, I get together with a friend of mine every week. She's like my best friend in the entire world, and she is a Drag Race super fan. And she's actually. Um, probably going to be listening to the show when it airs. So I was just wondering if you might be able to say hello to my dear friend, Kara. Hello, my dear friend, Kara. <laughs> Thank <it> you. <laughs> I'll make sure she tweets you her response. I know. I, I was going to say, okay. I, I, he beat me to it, but I was going to ask for my friend, Rachel, who I have not, I don't know of many women who like worship <laughs> drag race as much as Rachel does I mean it's it's like a thing and I, I she when I told Rachel she used to be a co-host on the show that you were going to be on here she actually like fainted I think left her body for a moment <laughs> and then came back to it <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Rachel, <laughs> she says that you are her spirit animal that's the one thing I know she said was Alaska is my spirit animal so just just Aww, know that you were beloved. <laughs> so I, I have a question. I, I, I don't know why or if this has happened or not, but I, I'm going to ask all three of you. Has there been a Golden Girls drag routine anywhere ever done? Because there's yes. apparently... Okay, there has been. <laughs> because yeah. there's... There's this massive resurgence of the Golden Girls. I don't know if Alaska, if you're aware that they're actually making action figures of them now. Um, that you Ooh, can get. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to hook Alaska up with some Funko 
uh, action figures. Oh. We have to figure that out. We have to get them for her. <laughs> I'll I'll do it because That's I've got weird. I've already got my Sophia and my Dorothy pre-ordered off Amazon.com. <sighs> Yes. I'll I'll get that hooked up nice. and that your way, Alaska. <laughs> just I love the Golden Girls. I always have, and someday I'm just gonna buy a condo in Florida and retire on my lanai and my caftan with a bunch of cheesecake. It's <laughs> 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 like my ultimate goal at the end of my life. Just lanai, cheesecake, caftan. I mean, I've already got like two thirds of that because you know I love a good caftan. nice so so I was going to ask one I'm going to give we're about to run out of time but I want to give each of you one more chance to ask a question but I the one I wanted to ask you specifically is after watching getting into drag race and watching this now how do you deal with the pressure of some of these challenges because they're sort of in they're pretty intense and more involved than some that I've ever seen on shows like this yeah, totally. I mean, it's all stars, and so um, so definitely all of the queens who are there stepped it up as far as the runway and as far as just being prepared and ready to go in with guns blazing. But like, also the producers of the show stepped it up because they made these challenges way more intense and uh, way more challenging. Um, so yeah, I mean it's terrifying. It's a horrifying experience being at Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, like it's it's multiple facets. Like you have to work on your look. You have to work on like your acting or even in dancing. Like you do multiple things in this show. I don't think people really grasp how crazy faceted it is. Yeah, and there's really not a lot of time to do it, and um, especially. This season, we had, um, I mean, that that Women in History Challenge was, I mean, they didn't even show really the whole thing, but we were all dancing. And, like, even hearing that song gives me, like, post-traumatic stress disorder, (laughs) like, um, (laughs) flashbacks. Like, it gives me a panic attack hearing that song because, it, we had to learn so much choreography in a really short amount of time. Um, That's crazy. But we did it. And, and it, I think it was, it was great. Awesome. Well, uh, Noel, I'm going to give you... It is a, it's, a, it's addictive. I now understand all of the addiction and, and <laughs> rabid fandom. Rabid, rabid fandom that this show has. So, Noel, I'm going to totally. give you a chance uh, to ask one more question, and then we'll get to Ryan. Okay. All right, so I don't know where this came from, but I love, like, terrible B-movies. They're kind of my bread and butter, and I love them. They're all garbage gems, and they're my favorite. So if you could create your own, like, sci-fi, Sharknado-style movie, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't That's know, but I would want it to be, like, I would want it to be in the 60s so that the hair was sort of big and, um, like, everyone was wearing eyelashes. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what what the plot would be. I, I like, um, I, I would want it to be, like, something like The Fog or, like, mm. or something like that. Because um, yeah. I like giant amorphous. Um, I like it. And honestly, I don't think that they know what the plot of their movies is. <laughs> 
Sharknado well, is throw in throw in all the uh, all the uh, 1980s and 90s character actors that we can find, and then have them perfect. fight rubber sharks. Yeah, I could totally see like an Alaska meets the blob and the fog kind of monster, and it would be amazing. You can see that. <laughs> I kind of need to. I kind of need the that blog. to happen. It was. It, it was. It's a horrible accident at a moose. Uh, a hair moose factory creates this <laughs> giant amorphous creature. I love that. Wig gone. Like just an, a living wig that eats people and grows out of control, gets bigger and bigger. All right, Ryan. I'm going to hand off the final that. question to you. All right. Wow, that's a that's a real honor there, Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so the thing that I've noticed, um, a lot of people talking fan-wise and about the series myself, is that you have become a part of two of, I feel, and the fans feel, one of the most legendary episodes of the Drag Race series. And those being the RuPaul Roast episode of your season, season five, and then this other Drag Queens of Comedy Challenge, where that episode was also legendary, like... What is it like standing there on that stage and being a part of these moments that just like with Roxy's wig reveal and everything that went down in episode five of All Stars too? Like, what is that like? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's of course looking back on it, it's great. It's like um, it's a very special and magical space that is created. Where yeah, you're right. All this all these legendary things do happen. And, but I mean, when you're there, it's, it's mostly just terrifying. Um, because I was constantly <laughs> afraid of, of just going home and uh, getting sent home. And uh, so it's, it's really terrifying and um, stressful being there, but, um, it, it's definitely, it's the best drag stage, uh, on planet earth. It, it seriously is and so like getting to just be there and do what I love doing there is just like I mean it's a huge it's a huge honor and a huge opportunity and I love that I love it too I'm so glad that you're back on my television aw it's true me too girl <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> This is awesome. Well, Alaska, thank you so much for joining us. We've really had a great time and good luck on the show. Um, Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me.